It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. Happy holidays, lacrosse fans. Welcome back to Lax Class. Jay Kelly, Brad Schellner with you as we get set for episode 110. 110 coming up, coming your way right here via the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcast, Anchor, Google Play, iTunes, uh, you name it. We, Spotify. Yeah. We're there. You're there, friends. You're there. I'm here. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, man. Episode 110. Great show coming up for you as uh, another call to the hall here. I believe 2013, this inductee went in. I actually believe I was at this ceremony back in Toronto for this one, uh, back with the Minnesota Swarm, as I watched one. Patrick O'Toole go into the Hall of Fame. So we'll look forward to talking to Patty O'Toole first time on Lax Class as well. Uh, Stampede Stallion coming right up here in quarter one. Quick sticks. Uh, Jimmy Else back with something else in quarter four as well. And lots of other things to talk about here on episode 110 of Lax Class. Before we do that, uh, you're, you, you're keeping me on my toes as usual here, Brad, as uh, you have us recording on a Sunday evening as it's uh, your better half's day of birth uh, on our usual recording day of Monday. So Sunday night here, I just finished uh, watching watching my Seahawks put an absolute whooping on the Jets, which was uh, nice to watch, but also gained some some hateful tweets via Twitter because apparently I I missed a, a pretty big kick uh, in in the game in Philadelphia. For those that don't know, the kicker for the Eagles, uh, same name, spelt correctly with two T's and everything. That Jake Elliott just ignites Twitter every Sunday. It feels like the game is always on his foot. And it either goes good or it goes wrong. Right? It just like erupts. And I'm always like, Jake Elliott's trending. What the hell happened now? Yeah. Oh, that Jake yeah. Elliott. Yeah. So Devin's usually pretty hard on me uh, for that. We have some fun with it back and forth. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So Twitter mentions that Evan said I was the most hated man in Philadelphia this evening. So. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll have to check in on that. I didn't actually see what happened. And, of course, you know, lots of lots of Philly fans uh, because NLL operations essentially based out of Philly. So lots of Eagles fans associated with the, the National Cross League as well. So it's uh, it's always a good time on a Sunday. Uh, speaking of good times, what, what did you get up to this weekend? I know you, you, you haven't really done much, but I, I still got to ask anyway. No, and I'll I'll let I'll let everybody know this. My my dad tested positive for COVID on I'm sorry uh, to hear that, Brad. I really it's am. O- it's okay. Thanks, man. And he's he, my dad's only 60. He's strong, he's athletic. He was doing renos all week. Like he's already feeling better. He was only he had a fever and he was sore and lethargic mm. and lost his taste. So he had the kind of those symptoms, yeah. um, but only for a couple of days, but they said like it, it, it can come and go. So don't get too excited. But like the minute he started feeling better, he's doing bathroom renovations in his house. right now. <laughs> like he's feeling good, but that, and I had close contact with him. My wife yeah. and I both and my Scared. son had close contact with him 
um, last week. So we had to, once we found out the news, we had to lock our doors and, and quarantine ourselves only left the house to go get our, our COVID test on Thursday, which that was fun. Hey? fun. Yeah, no, it was you didn't enjoy fun. that. Like, seriously. I, I'm not, I don't know who's a fan of anything getting shoved up their nose, but man, I've been fearing this since like March when they started showing people on the news, yeah. driving up to the drive throughs in their cars and getting swabbed. I was like, I hope I never have to do that, but I had to do it. And yeah. Yeah, not, not very pleasant, but happy to say my wife and I are both negative, oh, good. Um, but we still have to stay locked down. Uh, Fraser health or which is our, our local health authority here in British Columbia, they still haven't contacted us. They're supposed to contact all the close contacts of my dad and reach out with next steps and right. how long you have to quarantine for and when you can I go imagine out. they're probably pretty busy right now. They're a little right? backed up. Yeah. Here we are on Sunday. Uh, he was confirmed Thursday morning, so still haven't heard from them, but I'm hearing 10 days from when he started having symptoms. So wow. I should be allowed out of the house by, by Thursday of, of this week. But so I've been a little squirrely, man. It's been, um, you know the kids are kids having kids can't go to school right. so the kids are crawling kids are crawling all over us and they want attention i'm still trying to work on thursday and friday so yeah and it's wife's birthday tomorrow night so good luck carving out 90 minutes for a podcast on her birthday in quarantine <laughs> that wasn't happening so here we are on a hey. quiet sunday yeah. evening yeah i'm uh, it's just been lots I'm of eggnog and lots lots of christmas movies man but yeah it's been um th- this feels good like just you and i talking just because i've been so i know locked down this week and like we talked about last week man like this this podcast is kind of a highlight of the week and an outlet for us to do. And I hope that the people listening uh, sort of enjoy it as their outlet as well. So yeah. thanks for hanging with, thanks no. for hanging with us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and man, like uh, I just, I look at the numbers and they just continually go up week to week and, you know, shout out to all our, our new listeners and followers on social media as well as uh, people are really kind of stuck with us through the holidays here, which is, or through, you know, through this pandemic, I should say, not the holidays. Um, you know, it's it's been a challenge, um, but we've we've continued to kind of crank out episodes here and people have continued to listen, which uh, we can't appreciate. Well, I think, Enough. I think maybe we try and we're trying to provide a little semblance of normalcy right. throughout. And if lacrosse was on during the regular season, we would be here every week for you. And we're still trying to do that right now, even though. We don't have live lacrosse. We have stuff to talk about today. There's yeah, been stuff going sure. on, but yeah, sure we do. Uh, like, but I, know, I feel you. Yeah, not to make the entire program about uh, COVID here or anything, because I know you're going through it. And and right now, my dad's care home is in the middle of an outbreak. And man, they're up to you know 40 cases, 40 residents, and about 11 workers now, which has just skyrocketed over the last eight days. And uh, it's been touch and go. We're talking about pulling him out of his home, and my sister's going to take him in for a couple of months uh if we can get all wow. the equipment and everything like it's gotten to that point so it's it's been uh, a pretty scary time it's just kind of a sign of the times right now like i think people in the south and certain states have been going through this much quicker than than we have but you just kind of feel like the walls closing in like it's getting closer and closer and closer and now you've had a family member uh be hit by it and and uh you know there's a good chance that i might as well so it's Wear a mask, people. Uh, that's all I, I can say uh, on that. I don't want to, you know, go down that road again, but just wear your freaking mask. That's all I can say. Um, and do your part. Like, it's yeah. killing me to go online and see pictures like, of people. Carl, like, there's, like Kyle Hartzell, I want to punch in the face like, right now. Yeah, like, but I'm still seeing people, like, out and about, like, with buddies on a, on a bike ride, like, and not social distancing. Like, there's yeah. things you can do safely, but... Like, don't do any of that stuff even right now. I think we just gotta, we just gotta nip this. Absolutely, we gotta stay home, suck yeah. it up, and nip it. It's tough for everybody Shop right now. Online. But we're all, we're all in it 
together. Dude, yeah, absolutely. So um, you mentioned lots to talk about before we get to our Stampede Stallion of the week. It's your pick this week, uh, just so you know, in case you're not prepared yet. But um, some news trickling out uh, earlier in the week via Twitter. Chris Jazerbinski, if I'm saying that correctly, I hope I am. Probably should have looked at his name before I put that out there, but uh, kind of crossing paths with a tweet sent out from Vegas Golden Knights owner in one Bill Foley, who is, is is usually pretty vocal on Twitter. Like, he's really vocal about his desire to win a Stanley Cup and how badly he wants that to happen. So, anyways, um, seeing that uh, he's been working on getting a professional lacrosse team down to Vegas, they can play out of the brand-new Henderson Arena uh, to start the the 22-23 season, and and we know Brad that that Vegas has been on the map, a, a target city for the National Lacrosse League for quite some time. We've heard Nick Sakevich say on this very podcast that that Vegas uh, was a target city, and that there was more than one ownership group vying for a franchise in Sin City. Clearly, Bill Foley and the Vegas Knights uh, group is one of those. Groups, but I still think there's there's one with MGM and, and potentially Wayne Gretzky and and I don't know if Joe Sy's in on that one as well. But there's there's more than one group there. I felt what I did also find interesting before I let you get in on this is that Henderson Arena, from what Evan was telling us on Twitter, is is about 16 miles off the strip and holds about 6,000 people. Which I think like ten to twelve is the sweet spot for the National Lacrosse League. Six is a little bit on the small side for me. So and off the strip, I don't I don't know if I like that much either. Like I think they want to be on the strip, ten thousand seat arena if they can get in into that kind of a building. What do you think about all this? There are a few things I like for sure. I love the market. I think the National yeah. Lacrosse League would do fantastic there. And we saw the Vegas game, so clearly the league is interested. I went. Yeah, that's right. And I was there. Had an amazing, had an amazing time. I, I know. Sure did. And yes. how how could you not, right? So uh, it's it's hopeful that that like love that market. No no problems there. Love that there's different groups vying for ownership. I mm. think that the league would probably favor the Foley group because of their ties to the National Hockey League, and that's kind of the trend with a lot of the yeah. ownership groups currently in the NLL. So I see that as that is a plus. You can't say no to Uncle Joe if he wants to get the hands involved, though. And the Gretzky thing's tantalizing too. So, <laughs> you know, do you do you take the NHL owner group that might make you play? And they're working with MGM, right? Or, working yeah, with MGM on the MGM betting group that can make you play there, or you know, does Gretzky or Joe Sy put a team at 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 T-Mobile and something a little closer? Um, and a little bigger. I don't know. So there's, there's and then, different well, the, to, the Orleans arena where they, they actually played the, the exhibition game, uh, which was kind of a unique, it's kind of like a horseshoe arena, but I think a really good size. It doesn't have all the fancy bells and whistles that I think that they would like, but, um, good size arena there. And who knows, like maybe they, they start out in Henderson, pack that arena in, draw up the demand for tickets, and then they move it over to T-Mobile. If uh, The problem is with T-Mobile is there's just no dates available in Vegas right, right. to get in there. So, But maybe, you know, if it if it takes off like wildfire, maybe they find a way to yeah. get dates I, in there if it's going to, if it's going to make them money. Right. I do like the, I do like the timeline too for possible mm-hmm. spread it uh, out. Yeah, spread it out. Like, let's get let's get uh, Panther City in first for 2021. Yeah. 
and smart. then look at really you know, smart. 21, 22 for a Vegas team. Let's do one year at a time as and far as takes, expansion. Yeah, it takes the pressure off of teams losing players and and, and doesn't expansion need draft. that much of an yeah. You don't have to go find thirty new jobs. You only have to or yeah. You don't have to go and find shine the spotlight on the shiny years. new toy too, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. want to like split that light up and and have to like. You know, oh, no, put it on the one team that's coming in, build that brand up. Uh, so that's very smart thinking. And, uh, and I, th- I think it was Nick with Terry Foy uh, from Inside Lacrosse that I was listening to where he said that is the plan, that they are, they're not going to do two teams moving forward. It'll be one team each year if they can make that happen. Yeah, so. I like that. You're right. Shine, shine the light on your, on your new toy. Give them the proper runway and the development that they need. Bingo. Get in, get some reps. Um, let some players visit that arena and play in that market and, and then go from there. Yeah. One, one market at a time. Speaking of, of markets, before we get to our stallion here, Brad, uh, NLL putting out a little tweet. Uh, I don't know if it was last night, maybe the day before, about which team has the biggest home. And I'm not going to say field because I'm a floor guy. Home. Thank you for not saying field. Yes. I, I didn't, I didn't want to chirp the NLL because yeah. that's where my bread gets buttered, but yeah, it's not a field. It's floor, a floor or turf. turf. Yes. Uh, so home floor, home turf advantage. I think we can both maybe agree on that turf. If we just split the difference there, uh, home turf advantage, biggest, uh, biggest advantage for what team in the national cross league. I, I made my thoughts. Uh, pretty clear on Twitter. Dylan Ward didn't like it so much. That's okay. I don't think Halifax appreciated it very much. But for you, uh, take your pick. I mean, you want to say Vancouver? Yeah, I know. And and I, you can make a case for that if you like. But I would think Saskatchewan, Buffalo, Calgary, Halifax, Colorado need to be near the top of the list. Here. Yeah, I, I think so too. And the graphic that they posted was Saskatchewan, Buffalo, Halifax, and Colorado. And I was a bit surprised Calgary wasn't in there because that 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 is you were there for the final. I was there for the final. It was one of the most exciting lacrosse moments. And packed um, eighteen. My life. The thing was packed with standing room only. And the level of where those suites are, and it feels like the crowd is right on top of you there, and it gets freaking loud in, a, yeah. in an old building like that. It's like cool. That. There's actually fans, like, when you're in the broadcast booth, for people that don't know, in the Saddle Dome, like, you're way, way, way up there, like, really up there. But you're kind of on a catwalk that is suspended over the seats, and there's actually seats that go up behind you higher than where you are as a broadcaster. So... It's kind of neat that there's people like behind you, higher than you, while you're calling a game. You don't get that yeah, in any other arena. Built, built for the Calgary Stampede, like years and years <laughs> 80, and years ago. Eight, but maybe, it, yeah, yeah. It's got maybe even older, but it's got like it's got a cool. It's it's an older building, but it's got some history in mm-hmm. it. You go in there, and there's Stanley Cup banners and big flood they had in yeah, there that one feels, year. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's there's some history in that building, right? Yeah. There's some ghosts in that place, but um, give it to me. I, I have team? to go. With, I have to go with Colorado. I have to go with Colorado, uh, for a couple of different reasons. A, either the Loud House, the production, and the thing that they put on there is is the you know the envy of the NLL. Yeah. It's first class, but it's also the Mile High City. So they actually technically have a, a physiological. Yeah. Oh, you're going. So you're bringing science in into the equation. You're bringing science. Bring science to the pages. So not only are you playing in front of some of the most rabid fans, yeah. educated fans, and loudest and most proud, passionate fans in the league. You're also going against Mother Nature and 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 trying to run around in there. I've never been to Denver, so I don't know how that feels on the lungs. But from what I've heard from players and coaches, and yeah. it's not easy to do that. And so for the guys that play there all the time, or the guys that live in Market, huge advantage uh, for the Loud House. I'd like to actually like to see home floor 
stats across the league and see and see who jumps out. Well, and it's like uh, a faraway we'll number to, one over the last decade we'll, we'll or so. Grand Perot, where are you yeah, at? Yeah, we'll get GP. We'll get Evan on that or somebody. Um, maybe Edo. But Vegas listen, could be it. Vegas could be it in a couple of years. Yeah. Well, listen. I was gonna say I've been to Denver. Uh, John Grant Jr. retirement jersey night. So that was a packed house uh, in the Loud House that night. That was that was rocking. I've been to Calgary with a full building, Saskatchewan, of course. Uh, I've been to Banditland. Can't leave Banditland out there as well. When when that crowd is going, they are they are right up there with the best of them as well. The one place I have not been yet is Halifax, and I think back to that sixteen fifteen overtime game with Saskatchewan and the big comeback. Remember, it was like twelve three, and they came back. They tied it super late. That on TV looked like holy cow. That building was shaking. So I. I you know, I want to reserve my opinion before and until I get into Halifax. But for me, until you've been inside a, a Sastel Center on a playoff game and packed house in there, and that thing, we, you know, people, 10,000 people have been pre-gaming two hours before the game, double-fisting Pilsners like they're going out of style. <laughs> uh, it is nuts in there. Tight confines in the concourse and stuff, too. Like, it's just like you're just packed in there and sand, right on top of the, the floor. So uh, I'm going Saskatchewan all the way. They usually win the attendance derby as well. Pound your chest, Rush Nation. Uh, but that was kind of an interesting question. So I wanted to touch on that before we get into our Stampede Stallion of the Week. Brad Chandler brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, of course. They want to thank everybody for supporting small businesses like theirs since uh, this pandemic hit here in 2020. For Christmas, Stampede has a deal for you. Complete source for Wrangler. And now when you shop online, you're going to save yourself 10 bucks on any pair of men's or ladies Wrangler jeans or pants. And if you spend 100 bucks, you also get free shipping Canada-wide. 100 bucks free shipping. Save yourself 10 bucks on some Wrangler gear as well. Still time to get those holiday gifts. Located out there in Cloverdale since 1967. Shop online. We're shopping online. It's still shopping local. Stampede.ca. Thanks to our friends at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. And Brad, uh, you're going you're going a little off the board here this week. I love it. Tell me who your Stampede Stallion of the Week is and why. And not just because I think he would look cool in a cowboy hat and cowboy boots from from our friends at Stampede and Tack, but we're going goalie union for the first time. And one Nick Rose, the Nicholas Rose from the six. And I'm picking Nick Rose because he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. And this this whole stallion feature is about the underdogs and when you think about the greatest goaltenders in the national lacrosse league not a lot of people throw out the name nick rose it's going to be dylan ward it's matt vince it's christian del bianco might even be evan bianco brad bianco please bianco sorry dubs um you know nick rose's name doesn't get tossed around in that conversation a lot but when you look at the numbers and what he's done for the toronto rock over the last half decade to a decade it's pretty unreal He, he logs a lot of miles when he's at his when he's starting and he's the number one guy, he's playing over a thousand minutes a season, which he's done the last four years. He was going to do that this year too, if they kept on going. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a fantastic win loss record over the last half decade. He's got really good numbers. He's got a great defense in front of him, but you know, he's not a flashy goaltender and you know, he's not very dexterous and he doesn't toss his body around a lot. So when outsiders are looking in, they think, Oh, big, big dude in the net, not doing a whole lot. Um, 
but he's an angles goaltender. He's a smart goaltender. He's a lacrosse nerd. He's probably a future GM or coach in this league at some point down the road when he hangs it all up. You know, he's entrenched in, in the Orangeville Northman system and in the junior game and what he's done for junior A lacrosse and that in, in his hometown that he wears so proudly. But so I want to show some love to, to Nick Rose, who has been one of the consistently uh, top goaltenders in the National Lacrosse League for the better part of a half decade or more. Yes, indeed, Nick Rose, uh, son of the late great Tony Rose as well, Brad. Uh, they named Tony Rose Arena there in Orangeville after Nick's dad. And uh, back-to-back Minto Cup champion in 08 and 09 was the MVP, actually, in that 09 Minto Cup as well. And uh, broke in with the Boston Blazers back in 2010. Uh, kicked around there a couple of games uh, the next year as well. Then picked up by Calgary in the dispersal draft. Then on to Toronto, where he's been since 2012. And you look, uh, just kind of a handful of games there in 2012. And then just took the reins and has not looked back there as the starting goaltender in Toronto. And I want to say... That Nick Rose, I think, is like the goaltender, like maybe the most consistent goaltender in the national. Like you can depend on Nick Rose that you are going to be in virtually every lacrosse game that he starts. He may not steal you a game, you know, like some goaltenders can, but he is going to keep you in games. He's going to win you some games. He may not steal you some games if you know what I'm saying there. But you know when you go into a game and 66 is between the pipes, you're going to have a chance to win. And that's all you want as a roster, to believe in your goaltender. He's going to get it done. I did, I could count less on one hand how many times I've seen Nick Rose get pulled out of a game. Like, I don't right? even know if I've ever yeah. seen it. And let's not forget a little scoring touch for Nicky Rose as well, who has, what, like three National Lacrosse League goals, I believe. Brad scored two in one year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if, if you can check your stats there. So lots of good things about Nick Rose. Uh, of course, the Orangeville pedigree and all of that. And and just one of the best team guys around as well. Never heard one person say one bad thing about Nick Rose. No, and he's a heart and soul. When you think about the Toronto Rock and think about lacrosse in that market, you you think of Nick Rose. You know, he's been there now. Yeah. He'll probably retire. Toronto Guy doing Rock, the media the stuff, right? The face franchise. of the yeah. franchise. All Working that. At the uh, track on his off time. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's always around. Rocking you know, he's the a guy that, gear, yeah, taking care would, of the boys at the rock pile. He's a, he's a captain, essentially, of that team. He's like, yeah, he's the godfather of that squad. He could be a captain of that team. I like um, it. Special, special dude, special player. So, Nick Rose. Welcome to the corral, my friend. Yes, welcome to the stable, Nick Rose. Uh, you are this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. Uh, hopefully Nick's listening. If he's not, then I know uh, his buddy Brad Cree usually tunes in, so he can let him know that uh, he's the Stallion of the Week. So a little love to the goalie union here on episode 110. Nothing wrong with that, and we're going to continue that love as we're going to talk to a 2013 NLL Hall of Fame inductee. It's one Pat O'Toole coming up on the other side. Keep it right here on Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, 
Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is the GM of the New York Riptide, Jim Veltman. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Class Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Into the second quarter we go, but not before I tell you about our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Right here in my hometown of Coquitlam, British Columbia, the best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging and the environment always on the forefront uh, when they design their products. Whatever your company may need in regards to a label or packaging, they have different options like you would not be able to imagine. You need to check them out at associatedlp.com as in labels and packaging, LP. And uh, you won't be disappointed there, and you won't be disappointed in our next guest either. He is a 2013 NLL Hall of Fame inductee after finishing up a 16-year playing career, continues to be involved with the National Cross League as the goaltending coach for the Rochester Nighthawks, where he spent the majority of his career. What time is it, people? It's tool time. Pat O'Toole joining us here for the first time on Lax Class. Pat, welcome to Lacrosse Classified, and uh, congratulations on being an NLL Hall of Famer, and thanks for doing this. How are things going in your world right now? Uh, like most people, uh, you know, obviously trying to get through the COVID. I've got uh, two kids and stuff like that, so we want the lacrosse to start back up. Even their lacrosse has been affected, but but, you know, we're just trying to stay safe and uh, like everybody else, get through it and get back to normal here. Yeah, I it is. Uh, I mean, it seems like normal was, was so long ago and hopefully it's not too far off in the future. But what's that been like before we get into the playing career and, and, and your coaching and all that sort of stuff, Pat? What's that been like with you with having kids and, and them kind of being out of sports and having to find ways to keep them entertained but also keep them safe? What sort of things have you been doing? Uh, well, lots of family stuff. Uh, in the summer, it was a little bit easier. We have uh, I, I never had so much time at the cottage in my entire life. Uh, we got we got good use of the boat, made up for a few other years. Uh, the honey-do list went down about 15 pages, so we're uh, we're on the last page of that now. So just uh, you know, lot, lots of family stuff. Obviously, they they've been affected probably more. My my boy's 17, and he's uh, you know at that age where kind of getting into junior lacrosse and hanging out with the guys. And that's kind of come to a halt, at least for the most part. So what area, uh, what you area know. living in Pat, as far as uh, well, lacrosse goes? I'm in Brampton. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, we, we, we can talk about Brampton later too. No shortage of <laughs> yeah, no, uh, story. No news <laughs> coming out of there lately. But, is there? You know, no, no, no news. <laughs> I want to know Pat, like how, how you're staying connected to the game, you know, like are you watching old film, like talking about what the next Rochester team is going to look like strategizing? Like what is your connection to, to the game right now? Uh, well, actually we, we have, uh, with the Nighthawks, we have a conference call, uh, usually weekly, um, you know, before the draft and, and things like that, it was a lot more regular, uh, you know, and, and we're just kind of just trying to stay on top of thing. Uh, you know, the, the league went uh, switch videos to huddle. So we're, we're uh, as a group, we're learn, learning how to use that a little bit better from crossover. And, you know, just obviously with the new players, the needs that we made and 
we just want to make sure that we, we get the ground running here in the new year. So, you know, we don't, we don't want to overdo it for the players and give them video and everything too early. But at the same time, when, when the new year comes, we want to be prepared and ready to go and, and be able to get, you know, get, get on the ground running here. So we're not uh, behind the eight ball. Speaking with Hall of Famer Pat O'Toole, and we want to talk about the playing career of, of you, Pat, but while we're on topic here, I suppose, of the current version of, of the Rochester Nighthawks, uh, like, I didn't feel like that Nighthawks team last year was too far off. Like, it, it, it seemed to be getting better and better and better, and, and you guys took a bit of a different approach building the way that franchise the way you did, and uh, still some questions in, in goal, I would I would say, Pat, and, and that's kind of your area of expertise when it comes to the Nighthawks, uh, rotating through three guys with Fryer and Hartley and, and Wendy. Uh, do you guys have a set plan to, to head into 2021 when it comes between the pipes on, on what you guys want to do there? Oh, I mean, we've talked about it, obviously, with Fryer leaving and going out west. Uh, you know, our, our three-goalie system went down to two right now. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, we... we did the same as last year is, you know, we, we, we let and, uh, you know, I mean, they, I would say they all did very well. Um, but then they all, they all had their moments where they would have probably liked a few goals back. And we, we are just trying to not put all the pressure on one person. Um, and, and especially seeing they're all young and, and new to the starting position. So we, you know, we kind of just, we, we had a plan in place and, you know, I'm not going to lie. We, we were hoping that one of them would, grab the bull by the heart and go with it, but uh, it didn't work out that way. And, and we kind of went into the rotating system there and, and then, uh, you know, they all got some time. So, you know, we got the two now, so we're hoping that we can, uh, you know, get, get them going early and then we can just make our decision and, and go there and just have the one go. And if we have to go back and forth, that's fine too. As long as, you know, when I played and I was a starter, you know, I, I remember I always used to say if, if the backup goalie was in, it's obviously because we're winning. So, uh, you know, they, they both get along great, and we, ju- we just want some consistency in the goal, and, and I think they're both up for the challenge. There's a couple of former National Lacrosse League goaltenders behind the bench in the league, Pat. Um, you know, what makes, what, what makes a goalie, a former goalie, uh, a special and unique defensive coach? Like, what kind of unique things can, can a former goalie bring to that D coach position? Um, well, I've, I've had the opinion before. I mean, just with our position, um, we're at the end of the rink and we watch a lot of stuff going on, um, you know, every game in and game out. So it's a different uh, view there, Pat, right? Like you see the game much differently than anybody else on the floor. A hundred percent. And I mean, even to this day, I mean, if I go, you know, watch a game or anything, I usually go behind the net. I mean, just kind of that, (laughs) you you know, I just kind of got, I got, you know, I got the view. I mean, you get the. The enclosed play and the far play, but I just think you—you you know, being a goalie, you see a lot and you kind of see what players do, and and then you get into into their minds a little bit, obviously, and then you know you, you have a pretty good feel for the game. So, um, you know, I, I've been fortunate to to coach with uh, you know Hazer and and stuff like that. My in my coaching career in the NLO, and we see the game the the same way or or very similar, and you know it, it's just worked out for us. Do you have? aspirations to to move up to be the the bench boss pat have you have you been a goaltender coach for a long time D- is there a desire there to become a head coach in the in this league uh if the opportunity comes i think uh i mean i think when you're a head coach too it also has to be a work thing and 
with the meetings they do and, and with my job I'm in more retail and stuff like that so I, I'm happy where I am I mean I work I, I think I work well with Hazer and we we get along great and uh, you know it, right now I'm just content with uh, you know being the assistant but if an opportunity did come up I'm not saying I wouldn't look at it it's just that Right now, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way things are, and I'm content just uh, being an assistant coach as he's leaving the, the coach's room after the game for all those interviews. We, we, seem to tell him all the, we tell him all the time that assistant you get coach the cold is where beer. it's at. So. You get the cold beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we, we tell him all the time. So. First up to the bar, I love it. Uh, this is the Calls to the Hall series, Pat, so we want to look back on – uh, the legendary lengthy career that you put together. So let's go to the start of it. Like, you know, rushed onto that Buffalo bandit squad. That was already one of the best teams in history at that point. You're just a young man joining that lineup uh, in 95, 96. Um, what was it like walking into that room with, and, and looking around that room and seeing that group of guys? Uh, well, actually I was, I, I started the year before in New York. Um, I, I didn't play that much though, but uh um, and then, and then I moved over to Buffalo. But just obviously, I had played against uh, most of those guys in in uh, the MSL uh, and stuff like that. So just the success that they had and the names that they had there, I was kind of just in awe and just quietly sat in the corner. I think for the most part at the beginning, <laughs> um, you know, and just just kind of tried to take it in. Um, you know, they. They had uh, Ross Cowley was there still, and and I, I guess I replaced Bill Gary, and you know a lot of those guys had connections to him. So I just uh, you know a lesson I I learned at a very early age when you're a goalie and people are whipping a ball at you, you just like to keep it quiet and and uh, you know just keep to yourself and take it in and, and try to learn from all those guys. Well, I was telling Brad before we we got on the call here, one guy that did not like to keep it quiet. I can't remember if it was '95 or, or '96, Pat, when you came out to to Coquitlam. Uh, I just remember never being able to score a goal in practice because you were in one end and Dallas Eliak was in the other. And, you know, Dallas was pretty well established at that point and you were still a pretty relatively young guy. But I just remember Dallas literally yelling, what time is it every time that you made a save in practice? Tell me that back in and what was it like playing with, with Dallas Eliak in summer ball back in Coquitlam in the early 90s? I, I mean, it was good for me. I mean, Dallas is definitely a different style than me. I mean, it's no secret he he's pretty quick reflex and moves pretty quick. And I'm I'm more of a pick my position and be big. And if you can score in that corner, congratulations. So, um, but I mean, Dallas was great. I got there, and and at the beginning, I'm not too. I mean, as you said, he had been in the league for a while, and I think he was on his way out. So that's why they kind of brought me in, and then. And we, we both ended up there, but I, I mean, for me, I knew who he was and I knew the success he had even in the NL. So I tried to, to, to pick, uh, you know, pick little parts of his game. And I've always been that guy. I mean, I, I listen to when people tell me, and even when I, when I coach uh, goalies, I tell them to listen to what I'm saying, but if it doesn't work for them, move on. So cause I, I remember I always, I mean, Dallas was probably one of the best that, I still don't know how he did it, but when guys shot low, how he caught the ball in a stick. Yeah. He didn't, where, where I, I kind of just put up the pads and, and blocked the ball. He he caught it, and I, I tried to do it, and I remember so many balls going by through my legs and stuff like that as I was trying to react, and I was just like, he was just amazing at it. So it was one of those things that I didn't catch on, but, I mean, there was lots of stuff that I could learn from him, and obviously his, his fire and his competitiveness was one of the ones that I, I got 
Yeah, I just I just remember both of you guys just never taking a shot off. Like you tried to stop every single shot that came your way, and and I think that's part of what made both of you great. And and one of the other things that made you real special, Pat, is your ability to throw the ball. Like I I, I don't know how many goals you score, but we racked up a ton of assists in in the league as well. Uh, where did that knack come from? Is that something you worked on from a pretty early age, or or did somebody teach you that? Uh, no, I was, I, I mean, I'll, I played out when I first started lacrosse, my brother's, uh, five years older than me. So I went to every one of his lacrosse games and I was that little annoying kid that was out on the floor and wouldn't leave the rink. And I had my stick in my hands all the time. And, uh, you know, it was age 11. I forget, I think Wee or something like that. When we were up in the stands at, at our practice facility and the coach said, we don't have a goalie. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'll try it out. And obviously watching his goalie, I knew how to stand and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, as, as I got bigger and, and fell in love with chocolate bars, it was the best career choice ever at age 11. <laughs> I missed my uh, calling, man. I missed my calling. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but it was a great career choice. But it was one of those things I, I knew how to throw the ball. And then it was just a matter of, uh, you know, just being able to hit the guys on the run. How many and goals? How many goals in your career, in your NLL career? Uh, I think I had three, three yeah. or four in the NLL and a couple in the MSL. So yeah. it was, uh, I was pretty, pretty lucky there. So yeah, well, actually one of the, one of them's a good, sorry, yeah, one of them's a good story go ahead, too, because it, every time T every time a goalie scores in something, TSN always does the Right, right. Yeah. Like, you're... Goalies getting goals and I usually get some, <laughs> some, uh, some prime time there. there you you know, now, now I call my sundown and say, Hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ten or eleven years, I guess, between championships in the National Lacrosse League, '96 in Buff and, and 2007 in Rochester. Uh, you know, how how much of a different goaltender were you in that in that span? How your style had your style changed much in the, in that decade? Uh, oh yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's one of the things that made me successful is um, you know I just wasn't the same goalie from day one to to the end of my career, I, I can adapt and stuff. I mean, everyone knows, and I think JT said it last, last night or last week is they, they've made the nets bigger. So you had to adapt and stuff like that. But I think in 96, when, you know, as I said, in 95, I was in New York in 96, I got the, a chance to start and it was, you know, we were with all the great players and they just had a, a tough season, but the bandits did. So they, everyone was, you know, uh, chomping at the bit to get at it. And, um, you know, it was just one of those seasons where, you know, everything kind of connected and went right. And, and, and for me personally too, like I, I was a starter and I had Ross Cowie there and I mean, he helped me out a lot, but just, uh, you know, I knew the coaches had a lot of confidence in him if he had to go back in. So it, it just worked out. And then in 07 with Rochester, it was just a group that was together for a lot of years and we had had some tough losses and, in the finals against Toronto and, and stuff like that. So it was just a group that it was our time. And, you know, we just pulled it together that year and, and uh, finally won the cup in Rochester. There. Is that, is that one still haunting you a little bit, Patty, the, the Caleb toe last second? Uh, well, living thinking? in Toronto and that goal being in Toronto, um, I, I see that on the, the, the scoreboard a lot, but um, no, I, I, I mean, again, it was, it was a good shot. I mean, it was curveball, uh, like it cur know, it's yeah. curved in there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I remember I, I told Caleb too. I mean, the, the only thing that bothered me about that goal is that 
the next day, I think I read in the paper that he, he took a little off and placed in the corner. I was like, whatever. You let that thing go. Eyes closed. So yeah. I was, eyes closed. And I, no, I'm not saying his eyes are closed, but he let that thing rip. It was a great shot. I mean, yeah. it, it sucks, <laughs> obviously, for me, but it's uh, – you know, uh, you know, they played a great game. It was a good game. It's just, uh, unfortunately, someone has to lose, and it was us, and I was the goalie that was in net when it happened. So, I mean, again, uh, as I started coaching in Brampton, most of my kids follow the Toronto Rock, and, and I made them do a couple extra laps for that. But, uh, you know, whenever, whenever anyone asks who I am, I'm like, remember, do you guys watch Toronto Rock when yeah. they score with one second? They're like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm who they scored on. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah. And what yeah. about what about Brampton? You're Brampton guy, uh, Pat, and all the rumors this week or the last couple of weeks about that team, you know, potentially leaving town. It sounds like it is is it is leaving town and heading to Owen Sound with the potential of maybe a, a new team coming in at some point. But just as a Brampton guy who's played for that team and grew up there, you know, how how does that make you feel about hearing the Excelsior's potentially leaving town? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously not not too good. Uh, you know, the, you just hope that uh, you know every option could have been exhausted to keep them in Brampton. Do you think it was, Pat? Do you think every option was exhausted before they yanked that thing? Because it, to me, it doesn't uh, seem like it was. Again, I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs, but just from what I know, uh, I mean, not everyone, um, you know, and and stuff, and and just as you find out the money that was spent to buy the team. I'm yeah. sure there was a Brampton person that might've had uh, that much money in the bank. So, I mean, nothing, nothing against Joe Norton. I mean, he, he purchased the team and, and uh, unfortunately he's decided to move it on, but uh, you know, it's one of, I, I just don't know if everything, you know, with all of the heritage and everything in Brampton, if every option in Brampton was exhausted. So yeah. uh, without knowing all the ins and outs about it, uh, you know, it's just something that, Right now, it's kind of a, a bitter taste for a lot of the Brampton, uh, you know, faithful. And I, I've just been the president of the Brampton Minor System for four years, so the past four years. So, uh, you know, to see to see that team and to, to move on and with, with all the tradition, it's, it's very unfortunate. Yeah, it is tough, man. It is tough. And that's coming from a yeah. Western guy. Like, I can't imagine what it's like for a guy that, that put that jersey on and lives in the city and all the rest of it. As we... Speak with Pat O'Toole here, and, and last one here for me, Pat. Uh, Blue Cross Arena, where you spent the majority of your career, it looked a little different during your playing days uh, on, on the green concrete, I used to like to call it there at Blue Cross. Uh, brand new turf, new uniforms, and some real nice upgrades uh, in the works around Blue Cross Arena and the surrounding area. But Rochester now, it's uh, like it, it's it's a it's always been a fun place to go. But now I think it's it's a there's been another reason, another layer added to this uh, for the fan experience. Tell me about Blue Cross Arena and what they can expect when they walk in this season. Oh, uh, well, I think the you know obviously management and and the ownership they've done a great job and 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 you know they're continuing to build the the Rochester area up there. I mean, the Pagulas did a great job in uh, Buffalo, uh, you know, building that up. And I think they're they're continuing in Rochester. And I think with the upgrades of the rink, when the fans come in, it's going to be a new experience, obviously, for for the players last year. You just, as you said, the carpet alone, our, our carpet our carpet before was a little bit of a joke. So, um, you know, just, just that, just that uh, you know, yeah, just that aspect in, in itself. And then, I mean, for our players and stuff like that, we're getting the new dressing room and stuff, and it's going to be, you know, first class all the way. So, you know, I, I played in that rink when there was 9,000 people, and, I mean, we still have the intimacy of, of 
the of the Blue Cross Arena. So yeah. hopefully the fans will come back out and support these guys and, and get it loud because there's nothing better than playing in that bar. Have you got Have you got used to the the green and the black yet? Like I I kind of miss the purple and teal. I'm not gonna lie to you, but man, those green and blacks like they they're sharp. Yeah, I mean again, it's it's a little different. Uh, I mean, you, you go to the basement of my house, and there's a lot of teal. But yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just it's it's a new new era, and it's uh, you know they change the logo, and and we move on. So it's I mean, I, I think they look good, and I like the hawk and and the logo and everything like that. So it's uh, you know, I, it obviously it's a little different, but I, I think it's it's good too. So no, it's a color that no one else is using. It stands out. It's sharp. I think it it works well. It looks good on you guys. Uh, last one for me here, Pat, because this is the Hall of Fame series. Uh, we're asking everyone who we've had on um, who's not in the Hall of Fame yet that, that you think you sh- should be there, and excluding Sean Williams, John Grant Jr., and Colin Doyle. Uh, There's enough goalies uh, in there, too, I think, uh, Pat. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. But, uh... Uh, there, there can always be more goalies. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I know. Just um, one guy that I played with that, uh, I mean, had a great career and won a championship, not with us, but I think uh, a guy like Kurt Malowski, I would – yeah. I would put him on the ballot. I mean, I think I think he had uh, a lot of success and uh, probably you know, put I, a couple I mean, past just, you as well too, Pat. I like going. Yeah, you know, he did. I, I think the first game he played against them, he put five by me, so it was kind of a little embarrassing. Maybe that's what I'm saying. But no, I mean, <laughs> he, he was just one of those guys too. And and again, I know it's a lot of stats and stuff like that, which he had, but just a dressing room guy and, and 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 the kind of attitude he brought to his teammates and the compete level was unbelievable. So. Yeah. A guy like that, with you know, could could definitely be added and and be well deserved. Little brother wasn't too bad either. Eh? No, I mean, but you only <laughs> gave me you only gave me one. So, <laughs> so yeah. Fair so, enough. Fair uh, enough, Pat. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, man, I uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, congrats again on being an NLL Hall of Famer and. And uh, be safe out there. Enjoy your holidays and, and look forward to seeing you back on, on the bench with the Nighthawks and Blue Cross and uh, the season firing back up here in a few months from now. Uh, appreciate you doing this. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks a lot for me, guys. Talk to you later. Talk, yes, indeed. We will talk later, Pat O'Toole. There he was, uh, Brad. 2013, Pat O'Toole went in by himself. Uh, spotlight shining brightly. Back on old number 39, I want to say Pat O'Toole used to wear back in his playing career. 39, unique goalie number there. But, uh, yeah, spent a, spent a summer with Pat in, in Coquitlam and uh, got to know him pretty well. And, and he's just been like a mainstay throughout the NLL and, and Rochester lacrosse for like two decades now. Yeah, he's been. He was behind the Rochester bench for the three peat. He's still behind the Rochester bench with with Mike Hazen now. The playing career, the summer ball, all of it. Uh, you know, he so it's been tool time forever. Yeah, no, I mean absolutely. Uh, and <laughs> it was great too because, like, home improvement and and Tim Taylor and all the rest of it. Like that was like hot as wildfire right as pat o'toole oh, yeah. was kind of coming into his own so it's uh i know it's o'toole but it was uh, tis, tis the season yes but, uh, i was watched i watched we revisited the santa claus the original 
1994 Tim Allen, like in his prime. And I was to try to explain to my kids, like, no, this guy was like yeah. the biggest deal as yes. far as TV goes for, yeah. for a little while there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, before we go here in quarter two, quick couple of notes coming in uh, as we record this interview on the Monday. So I wanted to get this in. Uh, Andrew Q signing a four-year deal. Reed Acton signing a deal with the Buffalo Bandits as well. And Brandon Miller released from the Philadelphia Wings active roster. And one other thing, uh, Junior A entry draft, BC Junior A entry draft coming up early January. I think me and you might be uh, involved virtually on that thing, so stay tuned for that. By the way, that interview right there with one Hall of Famer, Pat O'Toole, brought to you by the good folks at Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Told you about that $10 deal on Wrangler, and if you spend over 100 you get free shipping. But it's not only Wrangler there at Stampede Tech and Western Wear. I'm actually going to make my, my way out there in the next couple of days and uh, get a little holiday, a little something there for uh, the good folks at Stampede. So I'm going to head out there corner of uh, Highway number 10 and 180th since 1967. Uh, you can shop online at stampede.ca, but uh, they got the Blundstones out there as well, Brad. Great Christmas gift there if, uh, if you're looking for last-minute ideas. Stampede.ca, we're shopping online, is still shopping local. Our calls to the hall brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. As that is quarter number two. You good? Good. All right, let's go. let's get to quarter Another number. Quick sticks. Yeah, quick sticks coming up. Quarter three, episode one ten, Lacrosse Classified, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is NLL Crew Chief Todd LeBrunch. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Back on Lax Class Quarter 3 is now in session. Thanks for joining us here for EP 110. Jake Kelly, Brad Schellner with you. And uh, Quick Sticks, as we know, Brad Schellner, brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. It's time to stock those... No, it's time to... St- <laughs> Come on. It's Work time to it. stuff... Those stockings is what I'm trying to say. Stuff the stuff, not stock those stuffers. I don't know how you would even do. I don't even want to know how you would do that. Uh, so lots of good things going on at manscaped.com. Crop preserver, the revitalizer, the cleanser, the crop mop, ball wipe, the foot duster, the shears. So many different things there at Manscaped uh, to stuff your stocking with, Brad. Uh, did you... Take advantage of promo code LAXCLASS20 this holiday season and provide some manscaping equipment to your loved ones. Uh, I did. I think that there's going to be a couple people in my family that are going to get maybe weirded out that they're getting a, a ball shaving kit from from me. Uh, what do you know? Yeah. What have you heard? Yeah. But I think that it's uh, it's it's bros taking care of bros, man. Like that's I know how much I appreciate taking care of uh of everything so i i, I want to give that gift to to others that i care about yeah well hey like listen i and i think i told this like right when manscaped kind of came on board and you know we were like oh this is gonna kind of be weird to talk about but i i told the story of the first time that i ever saw another dude that was manscaped and i was like taken back i mean this was like mid 90s okay so this is a while ago but i was like hold like what is going on here and and 
And the reply was like, well, what do you like on females? And I was, you know, he's like, oh, I'm not really into the big whole jungle sort of thing, right? Like, and I don't think most guys. So he goes, well, what would make you think that women couldn't, wouldn't want the same thing on you that you would like on them? And I was like, that was, that was when the light bulb essentially went off for me about uh, manscaping mm-hmm. right there. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, a game changer. Uh, so... Listen, it, it may not be – that's what makes it a perfect gift, really, is that's maybe something that, that people would not go out and get for themselves. But once they get it, they're like, man, why didn't I just, like, get this for myself right. sort of thing? So it's the perfect gift opportunity. And while you're on Manscaped.com, when you go to checkout, hit that promo code LAXCLASS20, save yourself 20%, and get free shipping. Should be in time for the holidays still as well. Stuff your stockings with Manscaped, promo code LAXCLASS20, as we get ourselves into some quick sticks here on 110, Brad. And uh, let's start out with this good question score update. We haven't done this in a while, and we haven't got a good question in, in a couple of weeks now. But uh, And I forgot to mention this, but I thought you had actually tied things up. But then I realized going back listening through the show, you actually gave me a good question and uh, that puts me in the lead four to three, just so See, you know. See, and, and I don't know if people want to weigh in on this. They can't. I, I didn't think at first that that should count, that it should be when the guests are on the show and one of us has an intriguing question or interesting question or a well, good, great question, and the guest says, good question, what, great no, question, no. interesting question, then it's a point. But if I say it to Jake or Jake says it to me, but the guest was on the line. That should, go, that should go in the, the <laughs> hey, standings. The guest was on the line, and, and I said something. He said, you know what, Jake, that's a great question. And that, like, if you say those words, regardless in what context and to who, that's when the ding goes off, man. So I, I okay. You know, well, I, I'm just, I'm just wondering how much back history. If you've ever said that to me before well, we started this count, I don't know. We, but right now, that, so. the score is four three for yours truly. If if you're keeping score at home, well, I'm I'm, will, I'm willing to play ball. So okay. Well, let's, good. Let's let's do this. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, a couple more shout outs here, or, or a couple of shout outs I got to get to. I want to say uh, I want to give a shout out to Tyson Geig, Pack Regwar, and Ashley Docking uh, coming out on Inside the Nest. Uh, Halifax still putting out some fabulous content. Over the last couple of months, and uh, they've they've kind of struck up a little round table, got the relax crew back together, if you will, here, Brad, for inside the nest. Did you did you get a chance to peep that during quarantine? I did, and and Halifax does such a good job. They're really they're leading the way in the National Lacrosse League as far as their their social output, and Charlie Goose is a big part of that, and his team, and yeah, nice to recruit to Tyson and Ashley and Pat Gregoire. I watched I watched a chunk of it. Um, what it made me miss was like they were going deep in depth about. You know, players on the roster yeah. and, and game highlights from last year and ups and downs. And I'm like, my brain is so fried out that if you try to ask me some specifics of some of the Warriors games this year, like I've got to go back and, and study and watch watch some film. It, like it, it just that all feels so long ago for me. The you hardest know, and we're really are we are going to be coming up on on I we're going to be circling the calendar here and we're going to be about a year. Like there was post there was a post going around earlier this week or, or I guess all through COVID of people posting things that happened in like January, February and early March. And it's yeah. like, does this feel like 2021? Like the biz nasty game that Brandon I and I did with him was, yeah. 
was this calendar year, which is absolutely insane to me. It feels like that was a, a lifetime ago. Well, that's going to be the hardest part for me is to remember the half season and all the things that happened in the half season and the award winners from the half season, like Jackson was the MVP and like, you know what I mean? Like well, the, some of the, some of the transactions, because we haven't seen, these I know guys, the is, yeah, the moves and the trades and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think it'll I come back. I think it'll yeah. come back once it'll once... come back and it'll come back naturally. But like I, I jump on websites sometimes and look at, um, you know, team raw team, team rosters. I'm like, Oh yeah, that guy is there now. Or that guy's there I now. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's stunning really. Yeah. All right. Let's move along here. Uh, grandma rush sent me a, a wonderful text, uh, over the last couple of days. She's in the hospital recovering from, her low fall that uh, she cracked her hip, but uh, she's a tough cookie. Grandma Rush is on the mend, recovering, and she tuned into Lax Class, listened to John Tavares' interview, loved it, she said, and sent me a, a nice uh, little text for, for Christmas. So I wanted to give Grandma Rush a shout-out here on Lax Class. As usual, uh, Chris Bushy starting up lacrosse in South Africa. This is a big undertaking for Bad and Bushy here, but another nation picking up the stick, if you will, here, Brad. South Africa and Chris Bushy getting together, and, and South Africa Lacrosse Association is now a thing. Yeah, that's 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 huge, and, and much credit to, to Chris Bushy and using his talents uh, for the good to grow the game around the world. That's fantastic. The more the more nations we can get involved in international lacrosse, the the better it's going to be. And with if if the future is of, of Olympics international competition is is six v six, then then more nations can get involved because they're not going to need many um many players to to you know the, the full feel numbers the that team. they would need to yeah. field the big team right. You need six really. You need six to eight guys. So let's hope uh, Chris Bushi yeah. can, can right some now. I huge. think the only South African player in the National Lacrosse League right now, I believe. Uh, speaking of World Lax, they've put out a survey for women's box lacrosse players. Check out World Sport Lax via Twitter. I think I put it on my Facebook as well if uh, if you happen to follow me on there. If you got a, a daughter or you're a, a women's lacrosse player listening to this, uh, World Lacrosse put out a survey. Highly suggest you take that. I'm, I might just take it in, in a women's perspective if I can do that, bro. I don't know if that's possible or not. Cousin Brownie Holiday Giveback. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about this. I kind of just peruse past this, but Frank Brown. Cousin Brownie, uh, check out his social media. He, he's got he's doing a little holiday give back here, and I think he's giving away some cool stuff. So check out Frank Brown, Cousin Brownie holiday give back, which uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, you see these pictures, Brad, from the Naval Academy. They've set up boards for the for the boys here. They're playing on the turf at at. Navy Stadium at the Naval Academy, but they're playing box lacrosse and it looks amazing. Yeah, we are so due for an outdoor game. And again, that's something that 2020 or 2020 hit us with. We were supposed to have the rumble on the runway down there in San Diego, Vancouver right. and San Diego back in back in March that got canceled or March or April um, that got canceled this year. So they were going to do it. Steve Gubbett and Cam Holding and, and his, their team down there put together uh what looked to be a, uh, an amazing, uh, hopefully they still do breaking event. And I think they probably will. I think they will come like they, they've, they've already got the planning for it once. Right. So it's pretty, it should be pretty easy to, 
to fire it back up for for next year once once things are lifted mm -hmm. but yeah we're so due for an outdoor game like we talk about it for people that don't know that listen to this podcast in the states like when we grow up um playing box across here in canada we play in outdoor boxes that's how we start and even i think even at tyke and mini tyke levels i think in some areas they they actually play games like we never played oh i play games, games outdoors outdoor i still yeah i still got scars on my knees yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, we knee pads i never played a game in an outdoor box oh, but we, did, we, yeah. that's where we practiced uh you know two or three times a week when yeah. we were when we were growing up it was all in an outdoor box so i've always pictured like um you know imagine like building stadium seating around smith box and like pick a historic box like that like go to one of the ones in new west right. or coquitlam or somewhere in peterborough and like build up around a box where yeah where where guys have made famous over the years like that's always i think they talked about that in peterborough when you know how they had to like clear out to get the piping yeah. out i think they talked about doing that for a summer in peterborough at, at like a outdoor oh, i don't been unreal yeah never happened but if they were to do it now and you kind of got me thinking about this in the first segment mm. If they were to do one in the National Cross League now, and uh, let's take San Diego out of the equation, but where would be some cool spots to do an outdoor game that would make sense? Uh, I would say down there in Georgia, in the south. Uh, you know, you're you're talking probably like uh, wherever the – I don't know what the name of the stadium where the Braves play now. But now, like with technology, I guess, if you want to call it that, like you can set up – a temporary rank relatively easy now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they find, maybe not on a like, on a runway at an Air Force base, but like a, at a stadium with like that because that's a big undertaking, a really big one. But to to but go into a football do, or a baseball stadium, it's not that difficult now. Right, but I'm thinking it would be super cool to go to a place where nothing exists. Oh yeah. Um, go to like like talk to, um. You know, talk to, talk to the groups and the leaders on like Six Nations or something like that, and find like a real like lacrosse holy ground, and and build something there. Yeah, yeah. Like, Just on the honor. Cool. Yeah, like, find a place that has some history. Like maybe there's a story somewhere, and I don't know, but maybe there's a field somewhere where there's a legend that uh, a historic game took place Might here be 500 years there. ago. Might be That's where something. you stick your box. That's where you stick your seeds. Well, you saw the Seneca in the holy ground. Seneca High School. They they built up some nice i couldn't believe that was a high yeah, i thought it was a university was and, and, and was patty unreal. was like uh no that's a high school i was like what yeah. so that no, was pretty nice so uh, yeah you, you might play, be you onto can, something there you might be yeah, onto something you, there. You play on play on a beach like yeah with the technology they have just do seating on one side and make it all for the cameras and the tv and make it event for the players and for the fans watching because who knows what kind of crowds we're gonna be able to, to have one day yeah it might be Start the way to go a, outdoor games yeah. uh nhl entertaining that and uh, and i don't see why lacrosse wouldn't either especially if you're starting in in april or may like pretty nice weather in july uh in in a lot of places just saying just saying. Couple more here, Brad. Uh, Evo Shield Wilson back on board with the National Lacrosse League. Good to see that relationship continue as uh, Kevin Morgan and the gang there still making it happen. Uh, heard good things about Evo Shield, and, and the players seem to like that stuff. So good to see that. And the last one I think I got here. Oh, Worlds uh, moved the, the U20s to year 2022. They just pushed it back another year. They need to get get that thing back on the cycle, but I don't I don't know what else they're supposed to do. So 2022 now for the U20s, which used to be the U19. Stay with me. And the last one I got here on Quick Sticks. Uh, this is starting to make make the rounds. Uh, I believe Nick Rose is in on this. I saw Adrian Sorichetti. I saw. 
who else? I think Ryan Benash is in on this. NLL Top Chef. Who's your Who's your money on 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 this uh, whole deal? They're, like I don't know, broadcasters can get. I made some pretty good breakfast this morning, Brad. I, but uh, I think this is just for the players. Maybe one representative from each team. I think Rambo might be in there for the. Who who you oh, like? His name's, his name's Chef Rambo. How yeah. could you not? Yeah. I'm, well, there's a teaser clip on NLL Twitter feed, and I'm liking what Steve Priolo and Nick Weiss are putting down. Oh. They're at like some cabin in the woods somewhere, um, hunting and chopping deer and serving up deer meat. So venison. I I, I wouldn't put it past those two guys. To, Logan Shuss. Uh... Yeah, Logan Shuss in the kitchen. Eli Salama. Um, but yeah, Steve Priolo on an ATV and Nick Weiss hunting deer, like sign me up. That's got a reality <laughs> show written all over it. We need like 30 minutes of that weekly, please. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would, uh, that would be something. So check that out. NLL top chef. Uh, that's going to be a kind of a fun competition to, to watch go down. And I think that's, that's pretty much it here for quick sticks, which means that's pretty much it for quarter number three, which means just one more to go, and in that quarter, we'll do something else. Stay with us here. EP 110 Lacrosse Classified back on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com tickets today. This is Keegan Ball from the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Quarter number four, Lax Class, Jake Elliott, Brad Challoner. You just heard uh, right there, Vancouver Warriors. Uh, listen, Brad, we told you last week we're going to get some information regarding the upcoming Warriors Academy. It has happened. Uh, you can you can find this information, I believe, at VancouverWarriors.com. If it's not up there yet, listen up closely here. Camps will be exclusively out at the LEC at the Fieldhouse beginning the week of January the 19th. Eight straight weeks of skill development, uh, much like the fall camp that they just had. But here's here's the kicker, Brad. This is this is big time stuff right now. Chris Gill, Mitch Jones, Matt Beers, Riley Lowen, those are your coaches. But the first two weeks, the big boss, Dan Richardson, GM of the Warriors, will be at Vancouver Warriors Academy. And uh, give them a little tutelage, a little first-hand knowledge from an NLL GM. This is experience that you can buy, Brad. You can buy this experience. Three forty-nine plus GST. Groups of ten or more for academy players and season ticket holders. Price comes down to two ninety-nine plus GST. So right there, like. Get yourself season tickets. Save yourself some money and go to the Warriors Academy and get to hang out with the boys and the GM for the first couple of weeks out there at the field house, man, like I might sign up for this if I can. No, that's, that's super cool. And a nice angle to have Dan Richardson involved. Like for, I know things that Dan Richardson stands for, and that's 
be a good citizen, be a professional, be a good teammate. Like, he's going to te- teach these players and let them know kind of what NLL GMs are looking for to become a good teammate and a good professional. And it's all about, it's all about character for Dan and, and what you stand for and who you stand for and who you are. So I would imagine that uh, those are the kind of things that he's going to want to instill in these young minds is to be a good person, be a good neighbor, be good in your community, be solid, have a good reputation and, and be a good teammate and work hard. So, you know, not to steal all the words out of Dan Richardson's mouth, but I, I, I imagine no. that's sort of how, what he's going to get across to these guys because, those are pillars that that I that I know that Dan really stands for. Yeah. So yeah, super cool to be a young kid to to hear that and think about what your future is going to look like and think, okay, yeah, I need to I need to be a good person to buy in now. That's that's huge. Uh, Warriors VancouverWarriors.com, where you can find them. Twitter and Instagram as well at NLL Warriors. That uh, then you know not only Dan Richardson, but you get two-time NLL champion Chris Gill. You get the captain, Matt Beers. You get a guy that should have been in the MVP conversation last year and Mitch Jones and, of course, Riley Lowen. And if all that wasn't enough just for three forty-nine plus GST or if you're already an Academy member or season ticket holder, two ninety-nine plus GST. But don't worry. We're talking goalie love here on episode 110. Here's some more for you, Brad. Introducing the Warriors goalie camp which features the coaches and led by Warriors goaltender one Eric Penny. So EP60, 61? 61. EP61. We're going to have to get 61 on the program here to talk about the new Warriors goalie camp. So we'll do that in the next couple of weeks as well, get Eric Penny on the program, talk about the Warriors goalie camp. But – uh, they didn't leave the goalies out here, and I love to see it because I think that's more like more and more goalies need that coaching and to well, get it been from, a, from from this, for has the been a, this has been a goalie heavy episode. If we don't get elected into the goalie union after this, <laughs> like what? Get a cut of those dues. Yeah. I don't know. We've been floating a lot of goalie stuff tonight, but yeah, that's that's great experience. We talked about. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Like um, there was a mic'd up game this year for right. the Vancouver Warriors. Right, yeah, yeah. And Eric Penny was mic'd up. And like, first of all, what goalie is signing up to be mic'd up? Like, that is just not a typical goalie characteristic. Goalies are like, leave me the hell alone right. during a game, right? But Eric Penny threw on the microphone. And I remember my takeaway that game was like, this guy's going to be a coach one day. Yeah. Like, he basically was coaching Tom, a lot of the D. Like, cool. calm, let's go, boys. Like, champion his players. And then, like, noticing little intricacies of the game. Every time players came to the bench, he was yeah. giving them a little something. I saw this, I saw that. And, like, really with a coach's brain, I saw – the wheels turning for Eric Penny. So that, uh, that's something he could have. Yeah. have and I mean, me and you have really seen the evolution of Eric Penny up close and personal for like the last six, seven years, uh, if not longer, right. Kind of just turn into, he's like a veteran goaltender now and a starter in the national cross league. When, you know, like when he first broke in, he was like third string practice roster, then got thrust in there. Wasn't ready. Got back. He's really like carved his way in this league and, and has become a real nice story and you, and you love to see it. So we can talk about uh, all that with Eric on an upcoming episode. We will talk about all that with Eric in an upcoming episode. So we'll look forward to that. But right now let's try something else. Let's begin. Now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Oh, let's try something else. 
Hey, Jake and Brad, it's Jim Else here. Time for another week of Something Else on the Lacrosse Classified Podcast. This segment sponsored by G. Wilson Construction. Getting right at it and continuing on from last week, I just want to give thanks for what 2020 is on the positive side. Uh, what it is on the positive side is a lot of people and looking forward to 2021. Uh, people getting married, people getting engaged, people uh, just living their lives to the fullest amount. And that's great to see. I see very little in my little social circle right now. So most of my enjoyment of the world is through social media uh, and the Twitter is a great place to see it. Uh, continuing on from that side is someone like Dylan Ward announcing that he's getting married. She looks like a fine young woman and I think they're probably going to have a great life. Uh, but uh, what I will say about Dylan is that not being ranked in the top 50 of PLL players, uh, kind of a joke. Um, guy didn't get any minutes in the summertime and the PLL bubble. Uh, in fact, his stat line and my stat line are the same. Zero games, zero minutes, zero shots, zero saves, exactly the same. Give that guy uh, a team to, to have rally around him and he's going to go in the top 10 of this PLL uh, list next year. He's a good Canadian boy and uh, uh, one of the best in the game and he deserves better than uh, no minutes and no recognition. Uh, he probably doesn't care. I do. Good Canadian boy. Anyways, let's call that a day for today. Uh, we'll see you next week uh happy holidays as they're coming along good times ciao something else brought to you by our friends at g wilson construction building uh, fine custom homes that's their single focus and they do it all over the lower mainland uh, up there in whistler as well check them out at gwilsonconstruction.com you'll find the work with us tab up there top right corner upload your resume say you heard it right here on lax class start your career in the construction business immediately Jim Else, uh, back with another edition of Something Else and, and just kind of talking about people persevering through this pandemic, continuing to, you know, get engaged, get married, uh, all these sorts of things, uh, and con- including one uh, Dylan Ward, who we mentioned earlier, also on the program, uh, getting engaged over the last uh, week or so. So congrats to Dill Ward uh, and his lovely new fiance. But it's it's good to it's not on the PLL top fifty by the way, which is ridiculous. But it's nice to see you didn't play. Well, listen, you didn't play if, a minute. If you're the starting goal, to, whose fault is that, Andy Towers? Uh, but listen, if your team Canada's starting goaltender and the defending MVP from the World Championship, then I I think you're probably in the top fifty. Anyways, point I being, think if, he, if he played a couple games, he would have been on that list. But it's tough to justify ah, putting. He's on, on my list. top fifty didn't, all didn't, day. Well, he's on he's on mine too. And nice to see some Canadians on that list. But you know he he didn't play, so nah. obviously he's not going to be on that list. Um, Zach Courier, Curtis Dixon. Um, a couple high Canadians. The highest Canadian was Josh Byrne in the top 10. Mm. So and nice to see Byrne get some love. Like that's a, that's a new S kid from our backyard here. Hofstra, yeah. um, one of the most electric goal Junior scorers bellies. in the National Lacrosse League that last season. Unreal. I'd been um, watching, actually, I've been watching a lot of like NLL games and clips and goals and stuff. And <laughs> I'm telling you, like we know, like we've known Josh Byrne a long time, but I'm just like, I've been watching him kind of closer than most. I don't know why. I just find him a super entertaining player to watch, but he is a one-on-one nightmare. Like I, I don't know if there's a defender in the league that can stop. Like if you just ISO burn up against anybody, maybe Hasek, but 
that kid, man, he can break break your ankles in a hurry. Oh, he's quick feet, great hands. He's got that. He's got that length, so he can shoot through you, or he can get underneath you. Yeah. He's slippery. I think he was one of the most entertaining goal scorers in the league last year. Like that night in Denver, where he scored seven, eight, just dripping <laughs> and swag. That night. Like, just oh, dripping man, and just, swag too. Yeah, he's he's one of the most entertaining faces of the league right now, no doubt. No question about it. Uh, so big thanks to to Jimmer for for that. Uh, something else this week. He'll be back again next week. Always As... positive and always inspirational. The, the new yeah, year. I love yeah, it. Yeah, ever since. Uh, well, I don't know when the change came, but it's it's been a good one. I think he's. Got the kids home right now for the holidays too, so he's he's feeling good. His he's Still his warm, cockles but... are warm, Brad. His cockles are warm. Remember he said that. You probably don't. I no, I, I, yeah. I remember that. Okay, well, I was gonna. I was you're gonna dedicated. Man, I was gonna make a. I was gonna make a manscaped joke saying, you know, <laughs> if you're manscaped, cockles can't stay warm much uh, yeah. anymore. But yeah. you know Any, what I mean. Anyways, let's. <laughs> Let's, we digress. It's getting late in the program yeah, now. Let's end the program on that train wreck right there. Uh, before there we goes go, the perfect show, right? Big thank you to our fabulous sponsors. Please continue to support them, especially over the holidays here. Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, uh, Associate Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction, and Manscaped, of course, promo code LAXCLASS20. Big thank you goes out to Pat O'Toole for coming on the program and, of course, to you, the listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single week. If you want to get a hold of us, you can do so via email at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. we got a Facebook page. we are on Instagram at Lacrosse Classified. We're on Twitter at LaxClass. Brad, you are at Brad Chow. I am at PXP for sports. And don't forget, wherever you listen to your podcast, please hit that subscribe button and uh, even throw a review down if you got a couple extra seconds as well. That never hurts either. We'll be back next Tuesday. Another call to the hall and whatever else we can jam in here on Lax Class 111. But this one is over. Thanks for listening. For Brad Chow, I've been Jake Kelly. And for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator. Be safe and be healthy, everybody.